Hey everyone, this is Christian Benavides, Digital Content Director at Texas Watch, and I'll be your host for this episode of Texas Tales. In today's episode, Executive Director Ware Wendell sits down with auto expert Robert McDorman, a leading public insurance adjuster and appraiser, to learn about the auto repair process and how to protect your property. Mr. McDorman discusses current problems with insurance practices and how auto insurance appraisal can help consumers. You can find the video version of this in-conversation interview on our YouTube channel. This is Texas Tales. An expert on automotive safety and insurance practices, Robert McDormand's advice and counsel is sought after by insurance departments across our country. As a public insurance adjuster and an appraiser, he is familiar with what consumers need to know to receive fair and full payment on their auto claims. I'm Ware Wendell, and this is Robert McDormand in conversation. Robert McDormand, welcome to End Conversation. Thank you so much, Warren. Thank you so much for what you do for the citizens of Texas and, and Kelly as well. I can't tell you how much I appreciate y'all for what you do. Thank you, Robert. We have a great team here at Texas Watch. Kelly Taft is our director of organizing, who's making sure that Texans' voices are heard at the Capitol, that their lawmakers are paying attention to them, and not just to the, the, to the professional lobbyists who are walking the halls of the Capitol every day. Um, yeah. So we're so lucky to have her on our staff, and uh, thank you for that shout-out. Yeah, she does a wonderful job, wonderful job. Most definitely. Well, speaking of the Capitol, you and I have been at the Capitol through the years advocating for consumers, for working families, for auto safety, uh, and we've also been down at the Texas Department of Insurance uh, helping them to understand what the problems are that are facing families every day in this state when they're just trying to get their car or their truck repaired safely, when they're facing pressure tactics from the insurance companies that ultimately are are underpaying those claims. Yeah, worse. It's it's just getting worse and worse. It's not it's not getting any better. Even though, uh, like you said, uh, several times we've been to the Capitol. Uh, many times we've been to the uh, Texas Department of Insurance. I think now we've spoken with uh, three different commissioners, uh, and and just. Uh, just for some reason, uh, you know, our messages isn't being heard. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, not sure why. It's just, uh, you know, we we provided all the statistics. We provided all the data. Uh, I've done everything that they've asked. Uh, offered, you know, at, as a licensed public insurance adjuster, uh, you know, I'm just a custodian for these records. So I've, I've invited them to my office to review files, uh, go over anything that they need to. Uh, you know, get them comfortable with what's going on and, and as far as under-indemnification of these motor vehicle claims. Um, you know, back in September of uh, 2021, uh, I sent a cease and desist uh, order, I call it, or a recommendation to uh, Commissioner Sullivan. And after roughly an eight or nine month span, they, and uh, on average 20 to 25 different files I sent them with uh, uh, volumes of uh, data, uh, paperwork. And then at the end of that, uh, they issued a uh, a bulletin that they just weren't going to act on it. You know, it was up to a finder of fact. 
Well, Robert, you impressed me very early on. This was years ago as an expert in this area. I mean, you really understand how this process should work. And when it doesn't work that way, when people are having a hard time getting their vehicles repaired the right way, according to original equipment manufacturer specifications, what to do to bring those insurance companies to the table and to pay the money that they owe under the insurance policy, under our insurance laws. And I've seen you do that personally. And it's a real service uh, that you perform for Texans, for families all across our state. You mentioned you're a licensed public insurance adjuster. Talk a bit about the role of a public insurance adjuster, how that differs from the insurance adjusters who work for the insurance companies. And you're licensed in many states across this country. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Our auto claim specialist is licensed, uh, I, I believe, in 28 states now. Uh, we're contracted to do business in six others. Um, you know, so we uh, we have a good footprint across the United States. So we, uh, I'm routinely asked by uh, various different insurance commissions to uh, speak to their uh, staff on these issues, uh, help educate them, uh, look at different. Uh, you know, different things that come up in that area. You know, and you, go ahead, public, I'm sorry. That's right. The, the public insurance adjuster only represents the insured. Uh, we're not allowed to re represent the insurer. So someone comes to us that uh, has an issue with their insurance company. They feel as though they haven't been properly indemnified or, or they just may not understand. Uh, you know, many, many folks a day come to our office you know, just to get our opinion. You know, look at my settlement. Uh, you know, maybe it's fair. You know, if it's fair, you know, let me know it's fair. You know, give me a peace of mind and uh, and let me move on. And we do that. You know, we're not every, uh, you know, not every single, uh, you know, insurance claim we look at is unfair. I mean, that, that would be uh, wrong to say that. Uh, but, but the ones that we look at are, are grossly under-identified. And when it comes to the, uh, Repair procedures we do, the large amount of the uh, insurance company's estimates or, or repair plans that they've written that in their uh, in their opinion uh, properly repairs the car uh, constitutes unsafe repair. You know, if if the collision facility adhered to, to exactly the repair plan that the insurance company has issued, and uh, you know that's that's a I have a problem with that. I do too, because we want to make sure if your vehicle's been in a collision, that it is repaired safely. It's repaired the way that the original manufacturer said it should be repaired. They understand how that truck should function. They understand how that car should function because they built that truck. They designed that truck. They know how all those safety systems work together. And when an insurance company steps in and says, you know what, we don't think it's going to take that much time or that much money, or we're gonna pay for this part, but not original parts, um, it can create a real problem for families if heaven forbid they're in another collision and now their vehicle is not performing uh, to to protect them when they're in that second collision. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the uh, it's not just the amount of time where uh, that's that's allocated that's a, uh, a dispute. It's the procedures. You know the operations and the procedures, where we routinely see that the the manufacturer 
uh, will issue a position statement uh, saying that th- this operation uh, absolutely should be done. You know, if, if this impact occurs, this operation should be done. Well, routinely we see the insurance carriers say, you know, not recognizing that and and will turn around and say, well, that's, that's not the prevailing practice in our market. Well, you know, the definition of prevailing practice for them is if 10 shops in this area have been surveyed and nine of the shops are doing it wrong and one of the shops is doing it right, then they're, they're not going to pay the one shop that's doing it right. You know, they're going to say, well, that's not the prevailing practice. Well, these nine shops that they that they interviewed or surveyed, you know, possibly were not certified in this brand or, or not didn't have the right qualifications. And it's a, it's a serious problem. And the, uh, you know, the more technology that these cars have, the more different alloys, different metals, uh, the more sophisticated the repairs become. You know, and it's a, you know, there's no one any better to tell someone how to fix the car than the manufacturer that built that car. And one thing consumers may not understand, Robert, is some repair shops actually have a professional relationship with some insurance companies. So it's important to understand, are you with an independent body shop or are you with a body shop that gets regular business uh, from these insurance companies? It can make a difference sometimes. Yeah, no, no question. It not only makes a difference where it makes a difference on uh, how how the car is repaired. Uh, the, the majority of the shops are on these relationships with insurance companies. Uh, they're they're required to uh, follow their guidelines on the, on the repair process, and you know I've I've got a problem with that, you know I've got a real problem with that, and they're also uh, involved in the uh, repair methodology on how and they're dealing with the shop. Uh, so some of these uh, facilities have several of the insurance companies located right at their right right at their shop, you know so it's a uh, you know, th- th- there needs to be a, a partition between that. And I know you do a lot of work with the Auto Body Association of Texas. And of course, we've interviewed Burl Richards, the president of ABAT. Um, and the shops that are organizing through ABAT, I've seen them as the independent shops who are who are putting their customers first time and again, investing in their workforce, investing in the best equipment, and who have the willingness, frankly, to push back against the insurance companies when the insurance companies are coming in and trying to uh, force these repair professionals to, to cut corners, cheap out repairs, do the things that, um, frankly, the, the consumer may not know it creates a problem for them because I've said this before, but you know, the fender gets straightened out, it gets buffed, it gets painted. It looks bright and shiny and new when you get the car back, but you on the consumer side have no idea how structurally sound and safe that vehicle is once you get right beneath uh, the surface level. And so these independent shops who care about doing the job the right way are rebuilding those cars from the ground up, from the frame up, making sure that all the safety systems are working the way that they should and not letting the insurance companies pressure them into making a a cheaper and more dangerous repair. Well, the the shops that you were speaking about that are uh, the independent shops that follow the manufacturer guidelines to repair these cars uh, routinely are, are inspected from outside sources. 
their repair plans are gone over in, in detail. They're they're educated. They go through continuing education. Uh, they have the equipment to safe to repair the vehicle, and they they follow a repair plan that's uh, originated and by the manufacturer itself. You know, so and, and again, there's there's no one any better to instruct the repair facility how to properly repair the vehicle than the manufacturer that made that call. That's right. That's right. So as a public insurance adjuster, you can help people at many different stages of the process, trying to get the insurance company to come to the table and and pay the right amount on that claim. You've talked about indemnification, under indemnification, and, and these are technical ways of saying that the insurance company isn't paying enough money under that insurance policy, under the laws, to make that consumer whole. Uh, they're not paying up. Uh, they're paying less. They're lowballing the claim. But in addition to being a public insurance adjuster, you're also an appraiser. And would you talk about the appraisal process, why it's important on these auto damage claims, and how it can help consumers? Uh, glad to, Bert. The, uh, the appraisal process is about finding the right number. You know, the, the right the right number is what bootstraps to the limits of liability in the policy. Uh, and what we routinely see is the the insurance adjusters and insurance appraisers are not following the policy. You know, they have an uh, operating guideline that they issue these repair plans or they issue the total loss statements. They're, they're not in conjunction with the policy itself. You know, what the appraiser's role is, is to define the loss. You know, the appraiser's role is not to define the liability is to define the loss. That's right. It's the amount that is owed, the amount of the loss. Doesn't get into coverage questions. Should the insurance company cover this loss or not cover this loss? Who's at fault? But if there's damage, what's it going to cost to repair that damage properly? Do I have that right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and the defining of the liability also applies to the public insurance adjuster. The public insurance adjuster is not allowed to define liability. You know, the public insurance adjuster, you know, looks at the loss statement and then looks at the policy limits of liability to see if, if this is a covered thing. But if you can get to the right number under appraisal, uh, and if there aren't being a bunch of games being played um, by the insurance companies along the way, it can be a way to get enough money on the table to get the job done the right way. Uh, to make sure that that vehicle is repaired safely. And really the consumer needs a safe vehicle that they, get, they can get back to work in, that they can take their kids to school in. Um, that's where that's where the consumer's mindset is, is how do I get back on the road? I, I need my vehicle repaired. I need it to be reliable. Um, and, and so appraisal can be helpful in that process. Uh, there's no question that that is the exact mechanism to define loss, appraisal. Uh, when there becomes a conflict between the repair professional and the insurer as to what is the proper repair, and, and then that can be handled through appraisal. And it can be handled very quickly uh, in a timely fashion. Uh, and and that's, that's, why, that's, that's why this last legislative session, uh, we had the appraisal bill. You know, it had, had stop gaps in it and uh, mechanisms to to structure the appraisal process where it was fair for the insurer and the insured. 
That's right. It was a two-way street. And I want to talk about that bill, but just to set the stage for it, years ago, as insurance companies were able to get their own policy forms approved for use in this state, we saw the auto insurance companies putting appraisal in these policies. Uh, they, they wanted appraisal as an option if there was a dispute. And um, through the years, as more and more of these disputes have gone through appraisal, we're finding that the appraisers are coming down on the side of the consumer. They're coming down on the side of the body shop who's saying, no, actually this, this repair is a pretty big one and it's going to take a lot of time and we need to have good parts. Um, and, and that the insurance companies are coming in under the amount that it would take to do that repair safely. I know you work on many different claims all across the state. I know how busy you are. As you survey your data, as as you look at your book of claims, what has your experience been as your customers have gone through the appraisal process? Let's break it out on vehicles that were declared originally as a total loss by the insurance company. The insurance company said, okay, this is a really bad wreck. Uh, this, this vehicle has been totaled. After that goes through the appraisal process, Robert, on average, what are you finding with your customers uh, what are the appraisers finding on those claims? That the insurance company has, on average, under-indemnified the insured $3,800. Or 30, near, nearly $4,000 in underpayment and lowballing by the insurance company. Yes, sir. That's absolutely correct. And then taking it, so the insurance companies say, well, you know, that's that's a total claim. Um, you know, that's that's its own thing. All right. All the other vehicles that you work on that aren't declared total losses, what are you seeing there when they go through the appraisal process? Are the insurance companies overpaying, underpaying? Uh, they're underpaying, underindemnified those as well. It's on average $5,400. My goodness. So over $5,000 in underpayment. And this is a neutral process, appraisal is. Um, if, if the two appraisers can't agree on the amount, then it, in, in some cases, it can go to a third appraiser called an umpire who, who figures out uh, what the right amount is. So it's a neutral process. And as you take these claims through that process, you're seeing insurance companies underpaying by thousands and thousands of dollars. It's taking appraisal to get the right amount of money on the table for that consumer, for that body shop to do that job the right way, to repair the vehicle safely. That's correct, or even in a total loss to get the the insured made whole. So, so again, thirty eight hundred dollars or twenty eight percent increase is a is a staggering number. Where, and the reason why I think this is so important on auto claims, you know, the amount of money that we're talking about here is is really it's it's really important for working families. Three thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars. But if you were having to litigate those claims, if you're having to take those cases all the way through court on a $5,000 underpayment, it can be very difficult sometimes to get an attorney to help you um, because you know they're going to have to take potentially a portion of that as part of their payment. And so you're really left to your own ends in terms of, of trying to negotiate with the insurance company. If you're if you're a sophisticated consumer and you've heard about appraisal before, maybe you try to help navigate your claim through that process. But someone like you, Robert, who's a public insurance adjuster who knows this process 
backwards and forwards because you're in it all the time, you can be gathering that data, getting that information to the appraisers to show them this is the full extent of, of the repair that needs to be made. These are the parts that need to be used. These are the steps that need to be followed according to the equipment manufacturer and, and showing them that, that th this is everything that needs to be done to get this vehicle into its pre-loss condition, into the state it was in before it got into that car wreck. Correct. You know, and, and the, the appraisal process is, is, is a mechanism to do that. You know, now I'm not an advocate that every claim should go through appraisal. That's not what I'm saying. Where, you know, mm -hmm. but what I'm saying is, what whenever the whenever the numbers wrong, the repair methodology is at, is at dispute, and 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 it's a safety issue, then appraisal is the mechanism that that should be honored. That's right. And and so years and years ago, we saw the insurance companies getting appraisal into the policies. Now. The claims that are going through appraisal that you're working on, uh, you're seeing that the insurance companies are originally trying to underpay these claims by thousands and thousands of dollars. It's taking appraisal to get that fixed on, on many of those. Uh, but then a, a number of years ago, I believe it was 2014, we saw a major insurance carrier take appraisal away in their insurance policy for some claims. And Robert, you were the first person who brought this to my attention. Um, you may have been one of the first people in the state to have figured out what this this major insurance company was doing. Can you talk about that? Uh, I can. Uh, and, and when it first came about, uh, where we're also licensed in Illinois, uh, so a customer came to me in Illinois to invoke the appraisal clause on a, a current year model Mercedes. It was needed an engine cradle. And this carrier that we're speaking about uh, wanted to put a gray market uh, engine cradle in it, which would have avoided, avoided the warranty. So I had the Illinois policy in our library. So we in, invoked the right of appraisal, and sh and sure enough, the, uh, the carrier denied it. So it was not in the policy. So I got the re revision policy, and sure enough, the uh, right to appraisal on repair procedure dispute had been removed. Uh, so, roughly uh, six months later, uh, I had the same situation on a Texas claim, and we brought this to the attention of uh, at TDI. And and when you were in a meeting, uh, TDI uh, said that I'd handled the claim wrong. That I should advise the uh, insurer to go through the right of appraisal uh, as as a, and I didn't do that, which is consistent with what at the time. Their website said their website said before you file a complaint, seek appraisal. Uh, so when when I brought this to the attention of TDI management, uh, they said that wasn't true, that the uh, right to appraisal was in the policy, and that was the insured right. And then you know later on they found out that I was right. You know that it was that, so they they didn't they had no idea. And you were in the meeting. I was at the shock at the meeting, the tone of the meeting. You you were right. And because you see these issues all across the country, you said in the state of Illinois as well, um, you were seeing what was happening and you were bringing it to the attention of these Texas state regulators. And um, it was evident to me, Robert, that you knew a whole lot more about 
what was and what wasn't in that policy than the regulators did. You brought it to their attention in the course of that meeting that this policy form had made its way through the appraisal, I'm sorry, through the approval process without the right of appraisal um, there for consumers in certain situations. So you brought that to their attention that there was this hole in this policy. Well, also when 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 they walked us to the elevator where uh, the group of us the elevator, one of the uh, deputy commissioners that was walked us to there um, openly told me, said, Robert, that was very interesting, uh, the presentation you put on. He said that that part about the uh, insurance care taking the right to appraisal or repair procedure uh, completely got past us. That's his, that was his exact words. Got past him. And so there's a hole in that policy with a very big carrier uh, and now we're seeing that that another large carrier is trying to carve up their policies to take away appraisal as well. They would like to do that. So it's very important for the Texas legislature to step in and to step up on this issue. A lot of people don't know. They think that the federal government regulates everything. But when it comes to insurance, actually the states are the are, are the regulators of the business of insurance. It's called reverse preemption, and I'm kind of getting in the weeds here on the law for folks, but instead of the feds having the the final say on these issues, actually our state level lawmakers and regulators are the ones that set the policy for our state in terms of what is going to be permissible in an insurance policy, what isn't, what practices are allowed, what practices are not allowed. And so we need state lawmakers this legislative session to step up and to say, if you get into a wreck, you should have the right to take your dispute through appraisal. If you can't get to an agreement on your own with the insurance company on what the amount of the loss um, should be. You and I worked on legislation last session that would have fixed this problem. Um, we had good progress in the House and then it stalled in the Senate. And we need the, the legislation this session to pass both chambers, the House and the Senate, put a bill on the governor's desk so that the governor can do the right thing for the consumers of this state and make sure that they have options when it comes to working with an insurance company to get the right amount of money to do the repair the safe way. Well, where the, the appraisal is the guardrails. You know, it's the guardrails for indemnification. And the, the bill that uh, we worked on together and the bill that we uh, ultimately was drafted and sponsored by by lawmakers uh, was was good for both sides. You know, it was it was fair. Uh, it was fair for both sides. You know, and it's the you know if if we don't have appraisal on these repair, then this is going to become a, a b even bigger safety issue than it is. You know, if if it gets if it gets to the point where there's there's no one uh, looking over the proper repair methodology when the repair professional and the insurer are at odds on what on what is the proper way to fix this car. Uh, that that's you know that in my opinion, you know that that will be the nail in the coffin for the safe roadways of Texas. You're right. And the bill uh, that we both worked on last session, as you said, it was a fair bill to both sides, to to the insurance companies, to the body shops, to the consumers of this state. 
Um, and that's why that bill received a lot of support in the House, a lot of very strong bipartisan support. Um, and we'll be working again this session, you and I both, on on similar legislation to make sure that consumers have that option, that families have that option uh, to bring insurance companies to the table, to get to the right number, uh, to do the repair the safest way possible. Um, you know, we've seen that the Texas Supreme Court has has decided a number of cases um, as they relate to the issue of appraisal. The Hinojos case is a relatively recent case uh, where the Supreme Court said to insurance companies, hey, you need to take the insurance laws of the state seriously. You need to pay according to the deadlines that are in the law. Um, partial payments um, will be punished. If you know that you should owe more money, you need to put more money on the table. But the reality here, Robert, is we're going to need the Texas legislature to put it in statute, to write a law that says that appraisal is an option that all auto policyholders should have in this state. And the other thing that this bill did that I like so much is it took the delay tactics out of the process. It required the appraisal process to start when uh, start within, I believe, 90 days. Of, of proof of loss, right? You've had this wreck, uh, you take it to the body shop, they figure out what they think the repairs need to be, you put that in front of the insurance company, that starts the clock ticking under the legislation that we we need to get into appraisal. Um, we can't, we shouldn't wait a year, two years, three years uh, before the appraisal process starts. Let's get people back on the roads, uh, but let's make sure that they're getting back on the roads in a safe vehicle and timely appraisal with a good deadline like 90 days can make that happen. Well, well, where with your permission, let's just draw a line and and see what happens when that when that doesn't happen. Uh, if if we if we go back to September of 2019, when I gave the information gave the uh, information to Texas Department of Insurance, I think it was roughly 20 claims that I turned over to them, mm -hmm. just volumes and volumes of information. Well, on, on those 20 claims that they refused to do anything about, uh, all but one or two of those, uh, at the recommendation of TDI, uh, I referred those to law firms and it went through litigation. So it, it was, uh, on average, 19 months after the litigation started that appraisal was ordered, on, on, on average. And, and now three or four of those are, are still in litigation. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, that's 2019 to, what was that, four years? Yeah, yeah, four years ago. Yeah, and there's, there's still litigation. And and, uh, and these these were total loss claims. Even about repair procedure, these repair procedure disputes, you know, these these individuals, you know, they need their car, you know, and in, in Texas, every policy, the most the rental car is, is 30 days. Right. So, so they they've run out of this. They have no car. You know, they're borrowing cars. They're paying a car note. You know, they're paying insurance. Uh, you know, it's 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 awful. You know what we see in our office, and it doesn't have to be like that. That's why the legislators passed the appraisal bill the way that they did. In the House, exactly where it would start that clock uh, within ninety days to get this process moving to get these, these cars and trucks repaired, to get people back on the road safely. Um, 90 days under the bill versus 19 months of delays in practice, which is, which is what you just said. 
Yes, and and what what about the several that are still ongoing? Right. You know, and 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 without with without without this um, bill that we're speaking about, uh, every every day in our office we see we see the insurers playing with this appraisal uh, because there's no timelines on it. Uh, you know, one there's only one carrier, only one carrier to my knowledge has got a timeline on the appraisal. You know, the, the rest of them, it's just, it's open-ended. You know, it's it, it, needs, it needs to be structured. It needs to be a, in a fashion that, that's fair for both the insurer and the insured. And, and in my professional opinion, uh, the bill does that. I agree. That's why it's so important that we have legislation this session at the Capitol um, to, to make those changes in the law to protect consumers. Um, and as you said, the bill is is very even-handed. It's it's not lopsided in one favor or the other. It just says, if we're gonna have an appraisal process, um, it should be available to to all, all folks in the state and it needs to get started on time. Um, basically, that's what the bill says. It's a simple bill and we need everybody to to tell their lawmakers, to tell their state representatives, to tell their state senators, to tell the, the governor to pass this legislation to, to protect all of us um, if we should get into a dispute with an insurance company about the proper amount of an auto uh, repair. And so you can raise your voices uh, on our website. We make it very easy. Go to texaswatch.org slash safe repairs, texaswatch.org slash safe repairs. You'll see on our website, you just have to click a button and it gives you a letter that's already there, ready to go to your lawmaker. You don't even have to know the name of your state uh, representative or your state senator. All you have to do is put your address in, your name in, and it the system will populate who your lawmakers are. You can change that letter any way you like, uh, but we make it very easy. Just a couple of clicks, the letters go where they need to go uh, to let lawmakers know that this is a problem that needs to be fixed this session. Again, the legislation last session in 2021 received very strong bipartisan support in the House, um, and we need lawmakers to step up again. We need them to pass it in the House, pass it in the Senate, and get it on over to the governor so he can sign it into law and take care of this problem once and for all. Well, Robert, any other issues that come to mind on, uh, on, on this? Anything else that you'd like to leave our audience with? No, we're uh, just... Uh... Yeah, I can't stress enough for for anybody in the audience that listens to this. Just you know, if if you're involved in an accident, uh, let let a let an unbiased professional you know look at look at the settlement, make sure it's fair. That's right. That's right. It, this is all coming down to what is fair. Uh, just getting to the right number um, so that those repair professionals have the time that they need uh, to do the job. The right way to make that repair as safe as possible uh, so that like i said heaven forbid if we're in another collision in that vehicle that collision will perform for you it will protect you it won't come apart at the seams um, so that's why this issue is so important it's literally an issue of life and death and uh, we have to make sure that our vehicles are repaired safely in the state and insurance companies can't cut corners and and pressure others to cut corners where we we owe that message to the citizens of Texas to protect them and their families. Uh, that that's um, 
you know, so, something needs to be done because it, you know, every month that we rock on, you know, this indemnification issue on the safe repair uh, becomes greater and greater. That's right. That's right. There's more and more people on the roads, uh, more and more collisions, more and more vehicles that need to be repaired safely. So the time is now to make a change in Texas law. And uh, the opportunity is now because the legislature is is in session and we have the ability to make our voices heard. Again, go to texaswatch.org slash safe repairs. You'll see uh, the form right there on the page for you to fill that out. Send a letter to your lawmakers to let them know that we need fair appraisal in, in this state when it comes to auto claims because safe repairs save lives. Safe repairs save lives. That's our rallying cry this session, Robert. Robert McDormand, thank you so much for joining us. This has been very educational. I always learn from you every time we get to talk, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much, Warren. Please keep up the good work. Yes, sir. Thank you. Texas Watch is a nonprofit, nonpartisan citizen advocacy organization that takes on corporate wrongdoers, fighting to restore responsibility, and protect Texas families. We can't do this work without you. You can support us at texaswatch.org donate. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Please subscribe. And if you like us, please give us the highest rating wherever you get your podcast. Knowledge is power, and there is strength in numbers. Join us. Legislative advertisement paid for by Texas Watch. Wear Window, Executive Director, P.O. Box 42198, Austin, Texas 78704.